Hi, I'm Father Chris Alar, and welcome to a special edition of Explaining the Faith. Today, we are not going to be talking about theology, well, not in depth. We're not going to be giving church teaching, at least not in depth. What we are going to do is tell an amazing story. This will be a shorter talk, but it'll be an incredible story. Did you ever wonder how Divine Mercy came to be and what it was that made God want this message spread around the world to us today at this point in history? And it's integral with the Marians of the Immaculate Conception and you as Marian helpers. So let us begin with a prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we ask you to send the Holy Spirit down upon us to open our hearts and minds to receive the grace you wish to bestow, this grace of divine mercy through St. Faustina. And we ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. How divine mercy came to be. We did an EWTN show on this uh, uh, on Wednesday, and it's a little bit different. I added some things. I took some things out. So... <clears throat> I want to hope that we can get this message of this story spread. Now, the, the devotion of divine mercy as given by Jesus and explained by St. Faustina was something in the 1930s that Jesus gave us for our times. But the message goes all the way back to the Garden of Adam and Eve. Um, it's biblical, uh, the message of divine mercy, but the devotion that Jesus gave to St. Faustina. And by devotion, we mean the Feast of Divine Mercy, the image of Divine Mercy, the Novena, the Chaplet, and the Hour of Divine Mercy. You've heard us say Finch. Those are the five devotional aspects that Jesus gave to St. Faustina. And it has been spread around the world, but how? by the Marian Fathers. It began in the early 1940s after Jesus told St. Faustina that a spark would come from Poland to prepare the world for his final coming. And we're gonna talk about what that spark is and was in a minute. Now, well, you know what? I think it's probably really good to be able to bring it up right now. The spark began um, which is divine mercy. That, that is the spark that comes from Poland. It's basically divine mercy. And the man, though, that brought it to the world is probably somebody you've never heard of. He's a Marian priest, Father Joseph Jarzembowski. And after the fall of Poland during uh, World War II early years, 1939, he fled Poland and took refuge in a Marian house in Lithuania. Now, this was um, important because nearby there was a camp uh, for Polish police and some Polish soldiers that they were evacuated and this is where they were at. And it was here that while visiting this camp to provide pastoral support, that our priest, Jorzembowski, was introduced to the devotion of divine mercy. This changed the world. And so he met two Polish priests who in 1940 had started making a novena to divine mercy based on the writings of St. Faustina. This was the first of it. She had just died two years earlier in 1938. So now with World War II starting, the world's in a mess. 
Our Marian priest, Father Jozembowski, along with eight Marian seminarians from Poland, were some of the very first clergy ever to start praying to divine mercy for protection. This was it. This was the beginning. And it started with our Marian priest. Now, around the same time in Warsaw, this was important. In Poland, the Nazi German Gestapo detained citizens to identify who they were and ship them off to concentration camps. Okay, so these were um, common occurrences. Now, one man asked the Nazi officer if he could go back to his apartment and get something. Now, what's fascinating about this is that um, the officer let him go thinking, oh, well, maybe he'll bring back something worth value, like maybe some gold or silver or something. And so he allowed him to go back, but what he grabbed was not gold or silver. It was a little image of divine mercy. And when he returned, the officer and the soldiers had left. They basically forgot about him. Now, what's, what's fascinating is this man was a judge and since the Nazis always exterminated the educated people first, the very fact remains, or probably is pretty, pretty um, for sure, would be the fact that they would have probably, since he was educated, exterminated him, uh, sending him to a concentration camp and most likely executed. Now instead, God's providence is working here. In 1948, this man joined the Marian Fathers, and his name was Father Julian Krozhevkowski. And there's a picture of him right in the back of our house here in Stockbridge. That picture that you're seeing right now is the picture of him in Stockbridge, right at our shrine, our monastery. And he dedicated the rest of his life to divine mercy. Critically important, again, somebody you've never heard of, instrumental in spreading it around the world. Now, let's get back to Father Joseph Jarzembowski. In 1940, he traveled to Vilnius, Lithuania, which is basically the home of the divine mercy image. This is why we call it the Vilnius image. That is the home of it in Lithuania. And he visited St. Michael's Church, Right after St. Faustina had the image painted, it was hung in this church. This is where the original image of divine mercy was hanging, and there you see the picture of it. Now, he attended Mass, this is also awesome, in Ostrobrama Chapel, all right? And here's the image of what we call the miraculous image of Our Lady of Mercy. So called Ostrobrama, known as the Dawn Gate, this Vilnius image is Our Lady of Mercy. So it all connects Mary and divine mercy. All of it. That's what we Marians are all about. That's why I think this is the most important right now mission in the world is what's been given to us Marian fathers. Connecting this Mary and divine mercy. But by this time, uh, Father Joseph Jarzembowski's visa had expired. His American visa it was now um, past due over and expired. So Father Yozhambowski had to obtain an exit permit from the Soviets who controlled Lithuania at the time. Now, this was no easy task. But before he tried to leave for America, 
He went to see blessed Michael Sapochko. Now, this is St. Faustina's confessor, and they had one of the most important meetings in human history. This is amazing. And it's surprising that he chose her. We have degrees and PhDs, and we think we are the wisest ones. And we are unable to listen. That's why he chose her. Can I take it to America? Of course. I hope that not only brothers will be interested in it, but the whole continent. If the revelations were true, God's grace will make everyone hear about his mercy. Wow, you can see from that meeting how God's hand was at work. Now, St. Faustina, she had a vision of Blessed Michael Sapochko as her confessor, that he would become her confessor. And this only happened because of yet another Marian priest, or I guess you could say a bishop, because he is our renovator who saved the Marian community when we were down to one member due to persecutions. And this is blessed Archbishop George Machilitis. And here you can see him. He is the reason we are still a community. He renovated us and saved us. Um, when we were being decimated in Europe. And so why was he important? Okay, Blessed George, as we know him today, as I said, was our renovator and saved us. But he was also the Bishop of Vilnius at the time. And it was he who called Blessed Michael Sapochko back from Poland, because he was serving in Poland, although he was from the Diocese of Vilnius, and he was called back to Vilnius by our Marian priest, the bishop, Blessed George, allowing him to meet St. Faustina and become her confessor. Can you see God's hand in all of this? Now, Blessed Michael Sapochko was also the man that had St. Faustina write her diary. And she was getting these visions from Jesus, and he's the one that instructed her to do it. Again, all of it wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for the Marians and blessed George. All right, now, Father Sapochko saw that Father Jorzembowski, our Marian priest, had a chance of making it out of Europe and going abroad. So he asked him to take, he had written a memorandum on divine mercy based on his talks with St. Faustina, and he wanted to have it published. So he gave this to our priest, uh, Jorzembowski, along with the Novena, the litany and the chaplet of divine mercy and a photograph of the image. And now this is so powerful because talk about, and they put it all in a bag, in a single bag. And um, what's amazing is the fact that this bag, in, in I've said before, in my opinion, had millions of souls in it in this one bag. And so talk about so critical, the tools of salvation for millions of souls, this novena, this litany, this chaplet of divine mercy, all in this bag. Well, 
Then another Marian priest comes in, Father Joseph Luvniewski from America. He got involved and he allowed the trip to happen because he paid for all of Jorzembowski's cost to journey. Now check this out. Talk about a journey. On the Trans-Siberian Railway from Lithuania all the way across Europe, across Russia, to Japan, over the Pacific Ocean, all with an expired visa and improper paperwork. <laughs> this, is, this is amazing. So he promised God that if he reached American soil safely, he would dedicate his life to spreading divine mercy. And God made it happen. Um, holding those keys of, of these devotional aspects, these divine mercy devotions, in this one bag, it was a miracle that it wasn't discovered. He had this bag, and the Nazi soldiers, um, they were always searching. In fact, um, actually, it was the Soviet soldiers. And at one point, they searched all his bags, but they never checked the bag with the divine mercy material. Had they done that, it would have all been destroyed. He would have been executed. And all the material we would not know today. We wouldn't have the message of divine mercy, or I should say the devotion. And I would not be here because it was divine mercy that brought me to the priesthood and especially the Marian fathers. So what a story. Now, after traveling across Russia, now he had to go east uh, rather than west because of the war. Father Yozhebalski, as we said, arrived in Japan and then to go by ship to America. At least he tried but again, something, again, miraculous happened. Please open, sir. We are closed. No, 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 no but, but it's really urgent. My ferry is about to leave, sir. I have to follow the procedures. But I'm begging you, please. I am very sorry. When he finally got to the United States, he was given hospitality by some Polish Marians, and this was in Michigan. He stayed at nearby where I just lived down the road when I was in Michigan, at a Polish seminary. Now, publications about the devotion of divine mercy started to be published now once he got to the U.S., um, in different languages. So in 1941, you can see here now on your screen, the Felician sisters in Michigan and in Connecticut printed and worked hard um, giving us the novena. They printed the novena and the litany and the chaplet of divine mercy, just that we talked about that, that our priest brought over from Europe. And now the sisters in America 
we're printing it and making it happen. So right off the bat, 2,000 printing copies sold out. And God's divine mercy was basically, the ball was rolling, as I've said before. Now, this led in 1941 to the establish of the mercy of God apostolate. Now you can see that picture up there. And their task was to spread the divine mercy devotion, answer questions, publish literature on divine mercy, and everything else. It was beautiful, the work. Now, the founder and director of this apostolate was Father Walter Pelchinski, right here, a Marian, lived in Stockbridge. He became the first ever Father Joseph. That's my title now as the director, because what happened is that Mercy of God apostolate became the Association of Marian Helpers. And if you're a Marian Helper, and we invite all of you to become one, we'll show you in a minute. It doesn't cost anything. It only takes a few seconds, but you can get all kinds of graces. That apostolate became the Association of Marian Helpers. And the Father Joseph is just simply the Marian that's in charge of that. I know it's confusing for a lot of people when you see and you get mail from us and it says my picture, shows my picture and then says Father Joseph. And you always ask, <clears throat> well, wait a minute, are you Father Chris or your Father Joseph? Actually, yes, I'm Father Chris, but the Father Joseph is just the title and uh, of the honorary title. So it was named actually not after Father Joseph Yarzhambowski, it was named surprisingly after that other priest I told you about, uh, Winyevsky, Father Joseph, that was um, the superior of the Marian Fathers when Divine Mercy came to the United States. All right, now, our spread of Divine Mercy continued. And in 1943, Father Yorzhambowski published Father Sapochko's memorandum. Remember I said he had given it to him. It was about Divine Mercy, and he had brought that to America. Now Divine Mercy is taking off. All right, so in 1947 now, Father Joseph Andraj. Now this was Faustina's other confessor. And she um, went to him before Sapochko for confession. Now, he published a small brochure called The Mercy of God, We Trust in You. And this was important because in 1948, the next year, us Marian fathers, with his permission, brought out an American edition of it. Now again, this is taking off. So God, he's making it happen. The brochure became the foundation for spreading the devotion by the mercy of God apostolate, which again became the Marian helpers. And in America, the Marians published articles on divine mercy. And we started a thing called the Marian Helpers Bulletin. Now this is interesting because in 1947, this became the Marian Helper Magazine, which if you're a Marian Helper, you're getting a free copy sent to you in the mail four times a year. So if not, sign up for that. Um, we'll show you how to do that in a minute. But anyway, the Marian Fathers then translated Father Sapochko's Polish brochure, The Feast of the Most Merciful Savior, and we had that printed in 1953. Okay, keep going now. In 1958, the Marians published Sister Faustina, Apostle of Divine Mercy. 
Now it's all coming together, but as with any good work, there's going to be a challenge. There's always going to be the devil getting in the way. What happened? Well, in 1958, after this publication, the devil really got angry. And it was the following year, in 1959, that a ban was placed on divine mercy devotion. Now, now, not the message, because that's biblical, but the feast, the image, the novena, the chaplet, and the hour of mercy, that was all banned by the Holy Office in 1959. And that became a sudden blow to us in America. So why? Because we were really working hard to spread divine mercy, and all of a sudden, the spread was halted. So it was, it was basically because not of anything wrong, the theology wasn't bad. It was because of a faulty translation. Basically, St. Faustina wrote in Polish, and when the Vatican wanted to review it, an, a nun translated it into Italian. The problem was there was a lot of errors. And what they thought they were reading were the words of St. Faustina really weren't. They ended up banning it, at least temporarily, until they could understand it better. Well, this was rectified, and Faustina's writings uh, were then clarified. The translation was corrected, and it is not banned. Please, all the people who write us letters saying, I don't follow divine mercy because it's banned. No, it's not. Um, so during the ban, the Marians, we obeyed. Um, and um, this mercy of God apostolate, which later became the Marian helpers, as I said, also became known as the Marian apostolate. Now, at the same time, now coming up, during the final session of Vatican II, Archbishop Carol Wojtyla, who became John Paul II, right, asked the congregation of the Holy Office whether the ban that was placed on the devotion of divine mercy ended all hope of looking at Sister Faustina's life and virtue with the hope of possibly making her a blessed and a saint. So John Paul's asking, you ban this devotion, is that going to make it impossible for this saint or this uh, sister to ever become a saint? Well, yeah, it should. But then the ban was corrected, remember? Well, anyway, Wojtyla was told before the ban was lifted, yes, go ahead, proceed. This was Cardinal Ottaviani, and he said basically, as the former head of the Holy Office, go talk to those who knew St. Faustina before they all die. And he did. And so in the fall of 1965, Cardinal Wojtyla opened up this process on St. Faustina. It lasted two years, determining her, her, her virtue and her life of holiness to see if she was worthy of maybe being beatified or canonized. Now, the Marian fathers, again, were critical. People like Jorzembowski, who we talked about, Father Julian, the guy who was left behind by the German guards, um, they were instrumental right out of here. Here's a picture of them in of our Marians in Stockbridge, basically fighting for Faustina. Now, another friend of Divine Mercy was also a Pope, John XXIII. And he basically saved Divine Mercy. And a lot of people don't know this, 
But basically, there were some members in the Vatican who wanted to destroy divine mercy, wanted to ban it forever. So they, they wrote up a, a proposal to permanently ban it. And they wanted John Twenty-Third to sign it, which would have ended divine mercy. God's not going to let that happen. So what they did <clears throat> is they came into his office and they had a stack. He had a stack of papers that he had to go through that day. And they put the sheet at the bottom of the stack, expecting by the time he got down to it, he'd be tired. He'd be tired. Instead, he f surprised them all. He came in in the morning and he flipped the stack upside down. That was the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And he took the bottom, what was on the bottom, flipped, and read it first, and it was that proposal to ban divine mercy forever. And he looked at it and he said, something's not right here. Go back and look into this. And when they did, they discovered how good this was, how of God this was. And so the uh, ban, spreading this devotion, um, was, was really, really important because now they're really looking at it seriously. And John the 23rd, who um, now is being asked to permanently ban divine mercy, now says, take a closer look at Faustina's writings. And in 1978, later, after he had even died, they continued the work. The ban was lifted. So this 1959 ban, which you all hear about, was lifted in 1978 by the Sacred Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith. And this, everybody, opened up a whole new chapter for us Marian fathers in promoting divine mercy. Paul VI, he's the one who ultimately lifted the ban. John XXIII kind of got the process started. And six months after he died, John Paul was elected Pope. Now this was huge because it, John Paul wasn't the one who lifted the ban. Otherwise he'd be accused of just showing favoritism because he liked it. And that's why the ban was lifted. It shouldn't have been but he just lifted it. No, he did not lift the ban. Paul VI did before him, six months before he became Pope. So the John Paul was free to promote this message and devotion of God's mercy without any fear of being accused of favoritism. And he wrote his second encyclical, second encyclical on divine mercy called Dives and Misericordia, God who is rich in mercy. And this opened the door. During then, later, he was hospitalized because he was shot. Oh, you remember that, in 1981. And when he was in the hospital healing, he asked for something interesting, the diary of St. Faustina. And he had it read to him. And it was there he realized the connection between Fatima and divine mercy. And that's why he said, you can see on your screen, that um, his special mission as Pope was based on divine mercy. He said, right from the beginning of my ministry in St. Peter's See in Rome, I considered the message of divine mercy my special task. And so basically, he consecrated the world to divine mercy. That was in 2002, saying divine mercy is the most important message of our times. You can start to see this all coming together. So I'm almost done here. The story's amazing, but listen how it finishes. Now, 
free now to promote divine mercy, both the message and the devotion, the way that it was revealed to St. Faustina, especially the feast, the image, the novena, the chaplet, and the hour of mercy, the Marian's focus began, and we were publishing the diary of St. Faustina, the original Polish diary. She called it divine mercy in my soul. And that began it all. So we, Marian fathers, got permission from St. Faustina's community, the Sisters of Our Lady of Mercy, to be able to uh, get the copyrights to the diary in English and Spanish. And you know, a lot of people think, well, Father, um, why do we got to ask the Marian's permission to use the diary? Because we've paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to the sisters, St. Faustina's sisters, for the copyrights to be able to protect that diary. Um, it's not that we own it. Our job is to protect it. And so that's why when people want to use it or quote from it, we got to make sure it's used in the right way. Like, we don't want somebody using the diary to justify, oh, well, Jesus' mercy says that we can redefine marriage or abortion is okay. No, can't do that. And so we got permission from the sisters. We paid a lot of money uh, for, to be able to use the diary and have the copyright. So in 1981, the original diary was published in Poland and then in the United States and Italy, then followed by Portuguese and Spanish and then dozens and dozens of more languages, even like Arabic and others. It's amazing, actually. And so our own Marian priest, Father Seraphim Mikolenko, was instrumental in smuggling out the microfilm of the diary so that we would have it today. And Father Kaz, our beloved Father Kaz Fowlick, um, he was an integral part of translating the diary um, into English when he was just a seminarian. And that's why we have it today. We owe great things gratitude to Father Seraphim and Father Kaz and all these Marians. Now, Father Seraphim didn't stop there. He actually was really big in promoting Faustina's process of beatification and canonization. That is huge because without him, she's not a saint. So again, the Marian fathers, Father Seraphim was actively involved in this and he accompanied Bob and Marine Digan to the tomb of St. Faustina with her little boy, Bobby. Her illness and his were called incurable. And he took them, Father Seraphim, to the tomb of Sister Faustina and witnessed a miracle of Marine's healing and that of her son, Bobby. That's what paved the way for Faustina's becoming beatified and canonized. Now, Father Seraphim helped carry out all the tasks the administrative task to make Faustina a saint. So again, the Marian fathers. Now, Father Seraphim has always called uh, Divine Mercy the fastest growing grassroots movements in the history of the church. And since then, the Marians, we have persevered as caretakers of the authentic message of divine mercy and devotion given to St. Faustina. That's our job. Um, now, why us? Why? And a lot of people say, well, the fathers of mercy, 
they would be the ones. Because there's a great group. I know them. They're out of Kentucky. They're wonderful. The Fathers of Mercy. And people always say, well, why wouldn't the Fathers of Mercy be the ones that are caretakers of divine mercy? Why the Marians of the Immaculate Conception? They're about Mary. Well, very clear. Father Seraphim used to say, God's greatest act of mercy ever bestowed upon a human creature was the Immaculate Conception. And it made it clear, Jesus did, St. Faustina, that he wanted this message of divine mercy or the devotion of divine mercy under Mary's mantle. That's why we Marians were chosen. who we are the first community in the world to ever bear the title, the Immaculate Conception. We also were the very, very first men's community in Poland. And remember, a spark will come from Poland to prepare the world for my final coming. I think that includes the Marians. So that spark that comes from Poland is, of course, divine mercy, St. Faustina, John Paul II, but also the Marian Fathers, the first men's community ever founded in Poland, first men's community to ever bear the title, the Immaculate Conception. And the Immaculate Conception was the greatest act of mercy ever bestowed on a creature. It makes sense God gave that to us and to you as a Marian helper. You're part of our Marian family. So all of you watching, if you're not even a Marian helper yet, Again, we'll show you at the end here. It doesn't cost anything and it's free. Become a Marian helper. And so the Marian fathers are chosen for this. And you can't separate Mary from divine mercy, from Jesus. She's the mother. So you can't separate Mary and Jesus and the Marian fathers. We focus on these two things. You know, John Paul II told us, that's a plaque right on our front plaza here at the shrine, be apostles of divine mercy under the maternal and loving guidance of Mary. I'm telling you, this is the reason we get so many vocations, in my, in my opinion. Divine mercy is so important to God that if it wasn't, he wouldn't be sending these vocations to us. How important is that? The National Shrine of the Divine Mercy here in Stockbridge Massachusetts is the epicenter of divine mercy in the world. Not even Poland is. Poland acknowledges the work we Marian fathers do here in Stockbridge is the key to divine mercy. And this is why it's so important that you as a Marian helper help pray for us and we pray for you. So to finish, our social media, our TV, our live stream, all of this apostolate of ours has taken off, reaching millions on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. We live stream our daily masses, rosaries, chaplets, catechesis talks, first Fridays, first Saturdays, all those devotions, Living Divine Mercy TV show on EWTN, Wednesdays at 6.30, and Explaining the Faith every Saturday at 11, which you're watching right now. I've done over 140 of these talks, almost three years now, every Saturday. And you can learn everything I learned in seminary. And that's what I'm bringing to you here. Well, actually, today's is a little different. It's more a story. But needless to say, it is through the work of the Marian Fathers and the Association of Marian Helpers 
that we get this done. A lot gets done. Books, Divine Mercy prayer cards, pamphlets, canvas images. Everything is here. Everything. So God bless you for being part of our Marian family. And most of all, the Association of Marian Helpers, we want to pray for you. We want to pray for you. So please visit micprayers.org. As I said, it doesn't cost anything. It takes but a few minutes. Um, you can get many, many graces. You share in all the graces of, of us Marian fathers, of our prayers and our good works, just like you were a Marian of the Immaculate Conception, a priest or a brother with us, without having to live the structured life. So to finish, God bless you all. You know, as I said, you can see that the spark that came from Poland, from Poland that Jesus talked about to prepare the world for his final coming, I can't say it enough. It was Divine Mercy, St. Faustina, John Paul II, and the Marians of the Immaculate Conception. How powerful. It all fits together. So please join us in becoming apostles of Divine Mercy. And you know, I think I'll finish. Uh, I wanted to read one quote to you that I think wraps up so much of how our Marian involvement has been. And that is diary from the Diary of St. Faustina, paragraph 1689. This is St. Faustina talking back in 1938. Listen to what she says. Today I saw two enormous pillars implanted in the ground. I had implanted one of them, meaning St. Faustina, and a certain person, S.M., the other. We had done so with unheard of effort, much fatigue and difficulty. And when I had implanted the pillar, I myself wondered where such extraordinary strength had come from. And I recognized that I had not done this by my own strength, but with the power which came from above. These two pillars, which close to each other in the area of the image, were close to each other in the area of the image. And I saw the image raised up very high, hanging from these two pillars. And in an instant, there was a second large temple supported from within and without upon these two pillars. You know who that abbreviation is, in my opinion, SM? People talk about, well, it was Sapochko Michael. No, that would have been, his name is Michael Sapochko, so the letter abbreviations would have been MS if it was Michael Sapochko. But it was actually Sapochko Michael. Nah, no way. SM we believe was Seraphim Mekalenko, our Marian priest. Because St. Faustina says, I didn't know who it was. I didn't know who SM was. The interesting thing is, in 1938, when she wrote it, she knew who Michael Sapochko was. So it couldn't have been him. Our belief, mine at least, is that that was Seraphim Mekalenko. And some people say, well, Seraphim wasn't his real name. That was his religious name. Actually, his real name was Stanley. So it's still 
SM. <laughs> and so with this beautiful gift that we have in Father Seraphim, God rest his soul, he actually restored the image, paid for it, raised funds for it, got it out of being destroyed in a warehouse and brought it to the world. We would not have the image of divine mercy without Father Seraphim, Michelangelo. And right there, St. Faustina, I believe, is thanking him. She talked about the pillar and the image and the abbreviation SM. So you put it all together, the story of divine mercy coming to the world, Marian Father's integral part of that. God's hand guiding it all. And we Marians and you Marian helpers just being obedient and following his direction. So God bless you for this amazing story of divine mercy. And we thank you for being a part of it. As our Marian helpers, you're the hands and feet of spreading this message around the world. And may almighty God bless you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign-up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.